Welcome to Painting Corners, your weekly podcast for all things baseball. Now, here are your hosts, Austin Hartsfield and Dave Kwiatkowski. Chris Willis of Talking Chop joins me. No Dave today. Dave's got a little bit of family business to attend to, but we're talking Braves. We're talking Acuna. We're talking Soroka. The whole shebang. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so if we're going to talk about catchers in Atlanta Braves history in the past 20 years, you can't do without Brian McCann, and Brian McCann is actually back with this team. you excited about that move? Do you, do you think that it's going to be beneficial for these young kids, and what can we expect from Brian McCann in 2019? Uh, yeah, I don't think you can be a Braves fan and not be excited about it. Uh, I mean, I watched Brian McCann all the way back at Rome uh, before he became came to the major leagues. So, you know, you have to be excited about him coming back home. Um, you know, I think there's a good question what he's got left in the in the tank. Uh, the one thing I know he brings is leadership. Uh, you know, he's going to be a strong presence in that in that locker room for the pitchers and, and the rest of the roster as well. So, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. Uh, you know, I, in the last few years, we've seen Tyler Flowers and uh, Kurt Suzuki pretty much 50-50. Um, you know, I think you might see it slant a little more towards Flowers. Uh, but, you know, if McCann's healthy, I may be wrong about that. So, you know, I'm excited to see him back in the National League and, uh, you know, to see if uh, I think the biggest question with him is about that knee and whether he can hold up, uh, you know, behind the plate. But, uh uh, I think it's a good sign, and uh, you know it's relatively cheap. Uh, they can move on if 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 they need to, but um, I, you know I'm I'm pretty stoked to have him back. Well, and it could be one of those cases of just being comfortable somewhere. I mean, we you saw it firsthand with Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp was obviously not happy where he was at that point, but goes back to L.A. has a great year, basically comeback player of the year, and tears it up and uh, leads the Dodgers to back to the World Series. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, uh, I think McCann talked about that. I think he had uh, more lucrative options out there, and he wanted to come back to Atlanta. I think he knows his, you know, his time's short, and um, he wants to spend the rest of it, you know, where he enjoys playing. So, you know, I, I'm I'm glad the Braves were really open to bringing him back, and, uh, you know, I think he's going to bring a lot, even if – and I think his value is going to go by, beyond the numbers in a lot of ways. So you still have Alex Jackson who's struggling to hit in triple and double and triple A. So obviously we have a catching prospect that's probably two, three years away, maybe. I mean, maybe a year if he can develop a bat a little bit. For everything that I've heard about Alex, he's phenomenal defensively, so that should make up for everything once he gets up here. Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting prospect. Um, I struggled a little bit last year. A little bit of the um, a shine came off of him as a prospect. I felt like. Uh, but you know he's he's it looks like he's going to stick at catcher and uh, you know it was interesting I thought that they added him to the forty man roster because there was a little speculation there that you know they might expose him to Rule Five but uh, they went ahead and created a spot for him put him on the forty man so that at least tells me you know he is uh, you know he is still in the plans a bit uh, you know another guy to keep an eye on down the down the road is uh, William Contreras I feel like he's probably their biggest. Uh, catching prospect but he's still several years away you know uh as good as this Braves minor league system's been over the last few years um you know they're they're 
they haven't had a lot of catchers at the top half of the minors. So, uh, you know, a lot of them have stalled out, uh, you know, along the way. So it's going to be interesting to kind of follow Jackson and, uh, and Contreras and see how they do this year. It's so hard to develop catchers in Major League Baseball now because there's only two or three catchers in the league that I would even want on my team at this point, especially because you don't have the balance. You're either a really good hitter or you're a really good defender. And we can kind of go into that because there was thought during the offseason that JT Realmuto was going to be a brave. And I, at one point, I thought it was absolutely just imminent. I thought it was happening. I thought, you know, we can might as well just book it. But apparently, they just didn't want to conclude a piece. Uh, I mean, I've heard Austin Riley was in one of the deals. I mean, what were your thoughts on trying to acquire Realmuto? Yeah, I mean, I you know, there was a point. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I kind of get the sense. I think the Marlins are a little bit reluctant to deal in the division. Uh, I think they're still feeling the sting of that Christian Yelich trade, and they really don't want to be reminded uh, if they dealt Real Muto with having to play him as many times in the same division. At least Yelich was outside the division. Um, so I think they're really a little bit of apprehension there. Uh, they want a big return, um, obviously, uh, you know, it's not something the Braves have been uh, interested in. You know, I've heard they want a major league player. Uh, you know, Ozzie Albee's name came up. Uh, you know, I just don't think Atlanta's going to be interested in doing anything of that. But I, I don't think those rumors are going away. I would not be shocked, um, you know, if I to hear this afternoon that uh, the Braves, they're talking, discussing that deal. I think they're I think they're keeping their options open as far as that goes out. Santopoulos seems to do that. But, you know, JT Romudo is is a heck of a player. He's got two more years of control, uh, which may not seem a lot. And a lot of people kind of balk at that price tag. But as you said, catching is such a black hole uh, right now, you know, and he is one of the best out there. And, uh, you know, it's just a really valuable guy if you get him on your team. Well, he is the best catcher in baseball is the thing, like, and when you can get the best catcher in baseball at this point for two more extra years, basically, of control, that's that's huge. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, and that and rightfully so, that's going to come with a high price tag. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about Austin Riley in a little while. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, I, I don't think the Marlins are wrong to ask for the, a guy like that or, you know, some of those top pitching prospects. The Braves had the prospects to get the job done. I think where the hang-up is is – you know, parting for one of those uh, those young core pieces that are already at the major league level. Uh, I think that's where you've got to really think twice about it. A guy like Albies who's got so many more years of team control than what Real Muto does, and I think that's really the the hang up. If the Marlins are willing to, you know, accept a, a minor league package with a or maybe a with a, a lesser major league uh, player included, then I think you know there's a path to a deal there. But you know, it's just going to have to it's going to have to play the situation out. All right, let's hop to first base. Let's talk about somebody who's, I mean, done everything for this organization at this point, in my opinion. I love Freddie Freeman. I think that he's he embodies everything that baseball needs to be. I mean, he's a good guy. He's great in the locker room, and he's been great for this Braves team. Just kind of go over what Freddie's meant to this team in his time here at this point. I think I was as happy about the Braves going back to the playoffs last year just because of Freddie Freeman, uh, because, you know, all the way through that re, uh, rebuild, you know, and they were trading every good player they had. You know, Freeman was the guy that the, that they said, you know, we're not moving him, and they kept him, and, and you just wanted them to get good again. So, you know, he would – you know, he could experience that again and see him in the postseason. 
um, you know, I hope that's where we're going to get to. He he does mean so much, and and it's it's almost crazy these last couple of years we've hyped these prospects up so much. The Cunhas, the Albies, the Swansons, uh, you almost forget about Freeman. You know, he almost has fell to the background now. But I mean, he is the he's the he's the core. You know, to me, he's the he's the guy that makes everyone else go, and he's the key to the season in so many ways. So. Uh, you know, just a luxury to have, uh, you know, and that's, a, you know, first base, we don't even talk about that position very much, uh, you know, until he gets hit into the wrist or, or something, you know, and, and then everybody's just gasped because there's really not a plan B over there. You know, you just pencil him in for 100, 155, 160 games a year and, and you forget about him and he puts up big numbers. Well, and he follows, he falls in that Joey Votto category to where, they're two great first basemen in the National League that don't get talked about because there's number one for Freddie's sake. There's so much around him. All the talk was Albies, Acuna, guys like that around him, you know. And with Votto, Votto just does it on a bad team, and I feel so bad for these guys that they don't get the credit that they deserve because of what's going on around them, basically. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think you know. Also, on the other side of the coin, I think you know it takes a special player to be able to do that, uh, to not want to be in the limelight. You know, Freddie's comfortable. He'll be the leader. He'll be out front. You know, if uh, they have a tough game, he's there talking to the media. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's happy to do his job and let, you know, let, let all these young guys bask in the, in the glory a little bit, you know, and I think not every player likes that, you know, a lot of players want the limelight, you know, Freddie, Freddie's just about doing his job and getting better. And, uh, you know, I just think this is such a good role model, uh, you know, for the roster and, and fans and everybody. You and know, that's, he handles himself things. like Chipper did, which, I mean, you know, could be a testament to those extra couple of years at the end where Chipper was on the roster with him. But they act exactly the same. Yeah, I think and I think Chipper was a huge influence on uh, on Freddie uh, when he was a young player. And I think Freddie wants to be that way, you know, probably for these other young players. And, I, you know, that's the great thing. If you watch a team like the Braves year after year after year to see how it transitions, uh, you know, from the Chipper Jones to the Freddie Freemans and, uh, you know, and even even the Brian McCann's, you know, passed it down down the line. Uh, you know, I think that's really interesting to follow. And you've got to really follow a team for a lot of years uh, to be able to see that. So let's go to second base. Ozzie Albies had one of the best rookie seasons that I've seen in a long time. And it didn't even get talked about in the second half because, I mean, he was overshadowed. But what do you think Ozzie's future is like? Can he do this every year? Do you think he's going to get better? I mean, we're obviously not going to talk about anything else at second base. Uh, I mean, he had 24 home runs as a second baseman. I mean, I understand that this is the new generation, but that is absolutely incredible. I would take 24 from a second baseman any day of the week. Yeah, it's incredible, especially when you look at Ozzy in person. And I mean, he's he's well put together, but he's a little guy. You know, he he's he's in a, a Jose Altuve vein. Um, you know, I think the biggest question with Ozzy right now is he struggled a little bit in the second half of the season, uh, especially from the left-handed side of the plate. Uh, there's some questions there. Um, you know, I think he's going to make adjustments. So I, I believe in this guy. Um, I watched him all the way back at, when he was at Rome. Watched him quite a bit there, and I never left the ballpark without thinking he was the best player on the field. It was it was so clear to me every single night I went out there, and uh, you know he just looks like he belongs to me. 
Um, you know, I, I think I famously wrote last year that I didn't think, you know, he would hit a eight or 10 home runs a year, you know, and then he goes out and hits like 19 in the first half. So he made, he made a believer out of me right off the bat. Um, but there's, there's power there and there's doubles power and, uh, the speed, I mean, the total package, uh, you know, he's just another guy that I think we would have been talking about a whole lot more if it hadn't been for Ronald Acuna Jr., um, you know, and uh, Ozzy just got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But I think he's a huge, huge part of this Braves team going forward. And that's why, you know, to me, when when a team, even for a guy like Real Muto, if they ask, if they mention Albies, you know, that's it's time to hang up the phone because I, I, I really believe in him that much. Well, yeah, and, and to put it in perspective for people listening, because we have, we have people that listen that don't actually follow the Braves, but they he had the same war as Xander Bogarts. Like, if Red Sox fans want to think about that, we talk about Bogey's defense all the time and what a great season he had at the plate. They had the same war. Mm-hmm. And he still had a better war year than DJ LeMahieu, Chris Davis, and George Springer. So, I mean, that it's just it's an incredible year with a bat with a with the worst second half than he had a first half, and it still wind up winds up with numbers like that. Yeah, if and I mean if he can if he can find a little bit of consistency from you know from the left side. Uh, you know, he run, he's really streaky from over there. He's pretty good right-handed all the time. Uh, but that left side where he's going to see most of his at-bats. And if he can just find some consistency there, maybe get on base just a little bit more. You know, this is a guy, man, if you could bat him at the top of the order, um, you know, he, he would just be a, a huge weapon. And, I, and I'm saying that knowing full well what Ronald Acuna did at the top of the order last in the second half last season. Uh, but, you know, I, I just feel like he's such – Albies is such a dynamic player. Um, that I think he's just only scratched the surface. You know, I think he's one of those guys that uh, he could be a foundational piece. And, you know, I keep going back to Jose Altuve in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I think it's, you know, that's probably a little crazy to consider, uh, you know, compare him to an MVP. But I think the comparisons are there beyond just that he's a, both of them are little guys. You know, I just think they they can impact the team in, in a multitude of ways. And I think Albies has those gifts. So let's talk about the great highway robbery. We're, go- we're going off second base. We're going to shortstop. This is the first leg of that Shelby Miller trade that happened, which still baffles me to this day that it even happened. Uh, you got Ender Enciarte, Aaron Blair, and Dansby Swanson for Shelby Miller. Like, it's still mind-boggling to me. Yeah, that was an unbelievable trade. Uh, you know, at the time, Blair's kind of uh, uh, didn't didn't pan out, so to speak. But you know, it always amazed me that Ender Enciarte was kind of thought of as a, a throw-in in that trade. Uh, you know, and look how good he's been for the Braves. But uh, yeah, Dansby Swanson was the centerpiece. Um, you know, and I mean, he's a little bit of a lightning rod uh, for Braves fans. I think a lot of the a lot of people love him, uh, recognize what he brings, but he was hot. Uh, immensely during that rebuild and uh you know he hasn't hasn't come around to the plate the way a lot of people expected uh but you know i i really felt like his defense last year uh the braves as a whole their defensive uh, improvement was one of the biggest reasons they 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 got 90 wins uh, in my opinion uh if you compare them year over year i mean it was unbelievable and, and a lot of that started with swanson who you know, was a little bit uh, was probably below average in 2017, but was really, really good defensively last season. And I, I just feel like he's a winner. And you know, he, he's got that that um, it's that feeling about him that I, I just feel like he's a winner. He's a good teammate. Um, he meshes well. 
you know, yeah, I'd like to see him hit more. I'd like to see him hit more consistently. Uh, but I also think he might have been a little more banged up than a lot of people thought and knew last year too. Um, so I think that risk might have bothered him. Uh, he ended up in uh, missing the postseason and had offseason surgery. And I think that might have been something that he dealt with a little more than what we what we knew. Uh, but I, I'm a big Swanson fan. Um, I know a lot of people. I don't know if we need to mention Johan Camargo here at shortstop uh, now that he's been displaced a little bit at third. I think we'll see a little bit of Camargo at shortstop too. But I'm still a big believer in Dansby Swanson. So here's the thing with Dansby. Dansby reminds me a lot of how Dustin Pedroia was pre-injury, basically. He's very physical defensively. And that's such a weird thing for people to hear, but it's true. When you have a guy who's out there diving for balls, trying his best defensively, it's very hard for somebody to hit. While, While you have the rare people like Pedroia who could do it, Dansby's out there giving you 110%. I mean, he had a 234 war and bat, batted 238. I mean, like, that should tell you everything you need to know, honestly, right there. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it, I, I still feel like he probably got to the majors a year earlier than he probably should have. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of pressure was put on him. I mean, for a lot of people at the time, he was the face of the rebuild. And, uh, you know, and I think he came up late that year in, in, in September and, and played well. I mean, was an impact, just looked like an impact player. And then, you know, got slotted in as that first full season and struggled in 2017. And then, you know, 2018, it was it was a little more up and down. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I think you're going to see him relax. And uh, I think um, – you know, you're going to see him uh, as he the, as he gains more experience. I think you're going to see a guy that's going to be able to use all the, the whole field uh, at the plate. And I think that's really the, kind of the key for him. Uh, uh, I, I think there's a lot of growth left there. But, I mean, he's already one of the better defensive shortstops in the National League. And for this Braves team, that was just huge. Uh, that was a, that was a huge component last year. Because if he hadn't if he hadn't been able to turn it around, I'm not sure he still would be with Atlanta right now uh, defensively. But they they believed in him and they stuck with it. And I mean, Braves fans better get used to this middle of the infield. They're locked up until 2024 for Ozzy and 2023 for Dansby. So better get used to it. <clears throat> no doubt. Uh, let's go to third base. This is going to be a wild one. Camargo had one of the better seasons that I've that I've seen from a third baseman like that wasn't a huge name. You're obviously gonna have the Bryants, the Arenados, people like that. But to hit two seventy five at third base and actually play good defense based on war, I mean and yet everybody just is ready to get rid of him? Like what's going on with that? Uh, you know, I mean, it was kind of split uh, at, towards the end of the year. I think a lot of Braves fans uh, were tired of hearing all these third base rumors because of the year Camargo was having. Um, but, you know, it's also interesting to note, you know, Camargo got, uh, I think it was a, I think he had an oblique injury at the end of spring training last year. Ryan Flaherty was actually the opening day third baseman. And the Braves eventually went to Jose Bautista. Uh, you know, before Camargo got that full-time job and they got that opportunity, and man, he, you know, he he seized upon it. He he looks like a guy that can hit 20 home runs every year, 15 to 20 home run power. Um, he's a switch hitter. Uh, you know, his versatility is probably his greatest strength, and uh, you know, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But um, um, you know, I thought he did everything he could do at third base last year. Um, 
you know, I don't think you, he didn't hit as well in the postseason. Uh, but, you know, uh, a lot of it, that happens to a lot of guys. I, I just didn't feel like you could ask any more from that guy at third base. And, uh, you know, he kind of burst on the scene in 2017 as a, and wasn't really high, highly regarded prospect. And, you know, the underlying numbers kind of suggested that, hey, maybe, you know, regression was coming. But, you know, he put all that to rest last year uh, with the season he had. Um, you know, I, I feel like he can be a big piece. And, uh, you know, I think the Braves – Maybe looking at him as a more of a utility player that can fill in all over the field and still see regular at bats, uh, but you know I have no problem slotting him in at third on any night. So one of the bigger question mark moves of the offseason so far, you have a guy like Camargo there who seems to be a part of this rebuild at this point, and I mean the rebuild seems to be almost over. I mean this is a playoff team now, obviously, but Josh Donaldson was just brought in. Red Sox fans make fun of him all the time because we're not even sure that he can throw to first base at this point anymore. Uh, what are your thoughts on bringing Donaldson in a 33-year-old third baseman when you have Camargo there? And I'm sure he thought that that was his job at this point. Uh, yeah, I think you. I think you're right. I mean, I, I understand the question marks, uh, but also I, I really like the move. Um, you know, it's a one-year deal. It's for a lot of money. Uh, but uh, you're getting a motivated Josh Donaldson who who needs to prove to everybody that he's still worthy of a you know a multi-year deal uh, coming out. I think he was very comfortable out at Santopolis. I think out at Santopolis was very comfortable with Josh Donaldson. Uh, they ha I think his stint in Cleveland showed that he can still play some third base. You're still going to see Camargo there a lot. They're going to have to protect Donaldson a little bit. Um, but I think you know if you look back at last year's season with for the Braves. That big bat in the lineup from the right-hand side was what was missing. And I think, you know, if if you get Donaldson, you know, if you get Donaldson at just anywhere close to a bounce-back season, you know, he's going to give you that. And, uh, you know, plus it's not, you know, it's not like you tied him up for four or five years where he's going to go, he's going to go down. You're getting him for a one-year, one-year flyer, basically. Um so, you know, I'm all right with it. Um, you know, it looks like he may hit second in the order. I uh, wouldn't be also be terribly shocked, you know, if he, he ended up hitting behind Freddie Freeman at some point either. Uh, so, you know, the health is a big thing. If he's healthy, uh, I think this Braves team's better, especially with Camargo floating around and giving guys rest because it felt like, felt like the team kind of wore down as the season went along last year. They didn't give a lot of guys days off, but I think Camargo is going to be able to uh, do that. And, um, you know, the big thing is, is if you can pencil Donaldson in uh, as a regular, uh, I think he just gives them a big, big threat from the right-handed side. So Austin Riley is actually one of my favorite prospects in baseball. Uh, I, I just, I think he's going to be very, very good. And I'm very excited about the fact that this Braves team technically needs a third baseman at this point because probably not this year, obviously. I mean, you have Donaldson there. You have Camargo there at this point. But next year, when you have that core and you have another piece of that, kind of just describe to the listeners what Austin Riley is going to be, in your opinion. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people uh, under tried to figure out or wanted to know what this deal signing Donaldson meant for Austin Riley. But a couple of things I think it's important to remember, you know, Austin Riley, uh, I, he's a big favorite of mine. I watched him at Rome. I followed him all the way through the minors. You know, he's a typically a guy that, uh, you know, gets better as the season goes on. He usually finishes strong. 
he got off to a great start triple a last year um you know and then that knee and i i really do believe that we would have saw him in in september had his season been uninterrupted uh he had a knee injury shelved him for about a month he struggled a little bit when he came back uh he, he began to look right again at the end but i think it's important to remember you know he's only played 75 games at the at triple a level which i mean that's a that's a lot in itself it's 300 uh, 300 plate appearances uh but there's no rush there um you know he can if he's knocking on the door uh you know we may see him some this year uh it, obviously it'll be in a reduced role because donaldson and, and camargo's presence uh but you're also going to see his name in uh in trade rumors you know i'm a guy that really really uh you know, really wants to see Austin Riley in Atlanta. Uh, but, you know, the reality was it always was that some of these prospects are going to get moved for, you know, the 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 few pieces that they need uh, to, to win a championship or to be at that level. And, um, you know, so it's going to be really interesting to kind of see him. But I, he's a favorite of mine. Um, you know, he's he's just uh, to me, I think he's I think he can hit at that level. I think he's answered a lot of the defensive questions at the upper minor in the upper minors. So uh, I'm really excited for Austin Riley and really excited to see him in spring training. So we were going to move to the outfield. We have two absolute, like we have one already superstar at this point, honestly, if we're going to be honest with Ronald Acuna, but endurance Yarte is one of the better play, players in baseball that people don't talk about. I mean, he does everything at this point. I mean, he hit 265, 61 RBIs and he had 28 swipes. The fact that you can steal 28 bags in an outfield with Ronald Acuna, who had 16 in 111 games, I mean, that's got to be extremely beneficial to this team because it adds versatility. Oh, no doubt. And, and I mean, we were talking about defense earlier with uh, Dansby Swanson. I mean, Andrew Enciarte is the the he is the linchpin of that uh, team defense in center field. I mean, uh, he's we you talked mentioned Andrew Jones earlier, and I think to fully appreciate andrew jones you had to watch this guy every year every day every day every season um because he's gonna do things he's gonna do things that are gonna become routine uh you know where for a lot of teams those are on highlight reels uh but you know where a lot of guys are diving and laying out to make a grab you know guys like Andrew and Ciarte are just gliding under it and snatching it and it's not even Instincts. you know that impressive yeah it's it's the jump and i mean it's always fascinated me to look at his stat cast numbers because i mean he's a fast guy but he's not at the top of the top of the list it's all about position it's all about the instincts it's all about the jump he gets and uh you know he's just he's just he's just so fun to watch in center field um, you know, I mean, a lot of players, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr., I feel like, you know, he's a, he would be an excellent center fielder, uh, but you're simply not going to move him, move into Enciarte off of there, uh, not coming off of all these gold glove uh, caliber seasons. At the plate, um, you know, we get a little hate sometimes. People think we don't like Andrew Enciarte, and it, it's not that. I mean, he's a league average hitter, and when you combine that with his defense, man, you're talking about a heck of a player. Um, you know, I think uh, he best serves probably hitting at the bottom of uh, of the order. But I think that he's the type of guy that could play on a World Series champion, hitting eighth, and and give you all a ton of value. Um, so you know, and the contract's great. Uh, you know, he signed for an affordable deal. Uh, you know, I just can't say enough good things about him. And you know, if you want to go beyond the numbers, I feel like he's another one of those guys in the in the in the clubhouse that is so important 
especially when this roster, as this roster just gets younger. Uh, you know, I think having guys like that around the, uh, around the locker room is just so important. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, the the hitting numbers may not always be there for NCRT, but as long as he's around league average, his defense is going to make him just so valuable. So, you know, he's one of my favorites. He is the National League equivalent of Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, that might be just my opinion. That might be underselling him a little bit. But Jackie, watching Jackie every day like Dave and I do, that's actually Dave's favorite player just because of the fact that he makes plays, like you said, that other people are diving for because he gets such a good jump that he's just under it. And that's so hard to do in places like SunTrust and in places like Fenway where, you know, center field's kind of funky out there. But, I mean, it's just extremely impressive. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, again, like I said, uh, he had this guy had 200 hits in 2017, you know, hit, uh, had a high average, uh, was still kind of just right at league average according to weighted runs created plus. Uh, but, you know, it's still that's a guy that's a guy that's uh, it's just so valuable. He's been almost just under three war uh, F war for the last two seasons. Uh, you know, a lot of that's defense and uh you know, I just think it's so important, and the Braves value that defense, and I think that's why, and his leadership, and I think that's why, you know, that's why they've they've held on to Enciarte, and uh, I think he's just been, he's the underrated part of that uh, Shelby Miller trade. Uh, you know, everybody latched on to Dansby Swanson, but that Braves got a heck of a player in Andrew Enciarte, and his last three seasons for them um, have been really, really good. All right, I don't want to get to Acuna yet because I know we're going to gush for a second, but uh, Adam Duvall had a bad year after after getting moved from Cincinnati. So he's obviously he, – he might be an option out there, right? But he's obviously not the future third ba- third uh, outfielder out there. All right, for before we talk about Acuna, I want to talk about Pache. I mean, the kid – we just talked about defense. We've got, been gushing about defense here for a minute. And – I sat there and watched the broadcast where Chipper said that he thinks he's going to be a better outfielder than Acuna is, and that's saying something. Oh, that's that's saying a lot, and um, you know, and I mean, he might be the guy that if that you trade into Enciarte to make room for, or he might be the guy that you move into Enciarte out of the out of, out of center for. Um, I think the questions with him is going to be with his bat, um, but uh, man, you're talking about a physical specimen. I've seen him in person. Uh, wide shoulders. You see why a lot of scouts think he's going to grow into, uh, you know, have some power in that bat. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does in a full season of Double A. Um, you know, to see if he can get get up to Gwinnett at at some point this season. Uh, really excited about him. Another outfielder, True Waters. Um, I don't think a lot of people really talked about him as much, and it's probably because Pache was in the minors as well. Uh, Waters uh, will be at uh, – he'll probably start the year at high A, uh, but that's another guy, another guy that's, uh, you know, in the top ten in their uh, prospect uh, list for the Braves and uh, switch hitter. Uh, he may grow into being a right fielder. Uh, Braves got a couple of, you know, Pache, Waters. Uh, they've got some outfield prospects coming uh, behind Acuna. Uh, they just may be a couple of years down the road. Um, so, you know, right now they've still got a hole to fill in left uh, – yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how they how they uh, fill that hole, and uh, you know, hopefully it gets done before spring training. Ronald Acuna Jr. had one of the best 
rookie seasons, not even, I mean, not quietly, right? The dude only played 111 games at 26 homers, 64 RBIs, 16 swipes, and 26 doubles. I mean, he had a four war in 111 games. I can't speak enough about how well he, how, how well he did his this year. But not only that, he's, he's already found his chippers Mets. He's already found the team that he's going to torment for their, his entire career in the Miami Marlins. I mean, I think we know that he absolutely annihilated the Marlins this year, and then they decide to hit him, and then he said, you know what, Urena, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blast one off you the next time. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I was there. I, wa- I remember watching Andrew come through the minors and, and in debut and the electricity that came with him. I think there was even more hype about around Ronald Acuna, uh, just because you know the internet and and everything else. But everybody knew this guy's name, and for him to come to the majors and to not disappoint and to exceed those expectations, I don't know how you live up to that hype that he had. Uh, you know, I I really kind of thought it was probably going to be impossible, uh, but he went out and you know he went out and did it. I mean, anything short of a rookie of the year season. Uh, was probably going to be a disappointment. And, that I mean, that's – you don't understand how ludicrous that is to even say. But, uh, you know, he he's just uh, – he just went out there and he did it quietly. You know, he, it was there's flash, there's flair, but there's confidence there. But, uh, man, he's so good. And, uh, like I said, you have to watch him every day to kind of really appreciate it. But, uh, uh, you know, the the hype was real. That's all I can say about it. I mean, this guy's he's a he's a next-level player in my opinion. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be long that you're going to be hearing him mentioned among, you know, the best players in the game. I honestly think it's already happening. Like if he can get a full season under his belt, those numbers are obviously going to grow and to have 30 home runs at least at minimum. I mean, he was going on pace for 40 at that point. And it's just, he's going to be incredible. He's going to be very exciting to watch. He's a guy that you buy MLB TV to watch if you don't live in the Atlanta area. This kid is absolutely just miraculous. No doubt at all. And, uh, you know, and I mean, we knew the Braves weren't going to – he wasn't going to break camp with the Braves. Uh, But, you know, when you factor in that he missed a month with a scary knee injury, I mean, one that I thought – I thought it was over. I mean, I thought when I saw the replay of that knee injury, I thought, you know, this guy, he's done. He, he, you know, we'll see him next year. Uh, I didn't think there was any way he escaped that without tearing something, you know, and I mean, missed a month and then you still look at the numbers he put up, uh, you know, you just wonder, you wonder what it all might've looked like, uh, you know, had he not gotten hurt uh, for that, that little bit of period there. So, uh, you know, just the sky's the limit. Uh, I mean, he's, I don't know that, I don't know if enough's been written about him, honestly, uh, just uh you know it just seems like they're going to pencil him in and he's going to be the next mainstay of this team you know possibly freddie freeman handling handing the face of the franchise off to him at some point help me piece together this opening day rotation for this team there's so many prospects you know you got the guys like tehran newcomb fultonevich what is the starting five going to look like on opening day Oh, well, that's a great question. And I mean, right now, uh, you know, we've been talking about this big move that's going to happen. That's going to clear some of this log jam of young pitchers, but, uh, uh, you know, it hasn't happened. So, I mean, right now I, I, I kind of take it a day at a time. So I, I feel like right now, Mike Fultonevich is probably your opening day starter. Uh, Sean Newcomb, Kevin Gossman, 
And then Julio Tehran um, is still here. Uh, it seemed like at the end of last year um, they were probably going to dump Tehran. Hasn't happened yet. I feel like if they do make a trade for starting pitcher, then Tehran might be the you know the odd guy out. Uh, and that leaves one one spot uh, for what's probably going to be a battle royal come spring training. I mean, there's going to be so many guys. Uh, competing for that that fifth starter spot, and I mean, if I had to, if I had to just take a guess, I think it's Mike Soroka uh, that breaks camp as the fifth starter um, if he's healthy, if that shoulder's well. Uh, you know, I just feel like man, that, that was a enough wasn't written about his injury because I just feel like he could have been so big for that team down the stretch and in the postseason last year if he had been there. Uh, but you, you know, you're right. Tuki Tassant, Max Freed, Kobe Allard, Luis Gohara, even uh, Kyle Wright. You know, Gohara. A lot of people were picking Gohara to win Rookie of the Year last year because they thought he was going to break camp with the Braves and he would be there all year, and it would be a while before Acuna got there. And you know, he wasn't even a factor. You know, he, he got hurt in spring training and never really recovered. You know, and reports seem to indicate that he's, you know, he's dropped weight. He's in better shape now. I mean, that's a guy the sky could be the limit. Um, so, you know, there's just so many names. I know I'm going to leave people out here and people are going to, you know, tweet at me. Bryce Wilson, that's another guy. There's just so many guys that are going to be competing for one or two spots in that rotation, uh, you know, as things stand currently. So, uh, it, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really um, it's going to be a really competitive spring. Uh, you know, and that's the best way to describe it. And, you know, if you're a Gwinnett Braves fan, man, you're going to see one of the best rotations in the minors, uh, you know, unless they deal some of these guys away uh, before the start. The Braves have seven pitching prospects in the top 100 for Major League Baseball. Seven. And it's not like, oh, you know, these guys are a ways away. These guys are ready. Like, they're a year away from being in a, a rotation somewhere. You know, you have guys like Tookie who I think can do it now, maybe just a little, little bit of seasoning. Soroka coming off an injury. I mean, can you imagine that? And you talk about Gohara, who people had all these expectations for. These guys are going to be good for someone. And it just, no doubt. it's just a matter of if they get moved. And, I mean, that's not even talking about Kyle Wright. That's not even mentioning Kyle Wright, who I thought was probably the best player in that draft. In 2017, the Braves got him at five. Um, you know, I don't think – I think he gets overshadowed in this system. I mean, if he's anywhere else, he's 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 another franchise's top pitching prospect, you know. So, um, yeah, it's – it's man, it's just an abundance of riches. Uh, you know, a few of these guys may pitch out of the bullpen. I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they really slot everything in. Uh, but, you know, you and I could do a whole podcast probably talking about these pitchers. You know, it's there's just that many of them. It, I mean, and there really is, and it just the list just keeps going. The only equivalent to this in baseball is in San Diego, and the difference is San Diego's aren't quite ready yet. San Diego's are two and three years away. These kids are months, maybe a year from being ready, and that's the difference between this team and that team out west, prospect-wise. Y'all's prospects are a whole lot closer than anybody else's. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, it's going to be really hard to keep all. I, I don't know. You know, you, I think the saying is is real that, you know, you never have enough pitching. I mean, you look at the Braves, 
uh, Anibal last year, Anibal Sanchez gets signed at the end of spring training. And I mean, it was almost an eye rolling move. I'm like, you know, why are you signing this guy for, uh, you know, and then he ends up starting game two of the, of the division series. You know, he was outstanding the whole season credit to him. Um, you know, and, uh, but man, the Braves just have so much depth and, uh, you know, these guys need to pitch. They need, they need experience. They need to be pitching for somebody. Uh, if it's not in Atlanta, they can certainly pitch in the majors for somebody else. And they can, you know, they're going to bring a good return at some point if, if Alex and Ch- Alex uh, really decides to push those chips in. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be uh, real exciting. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we're going to hear a lot more between now and the start of spring training. So let's, I don't want to go through the entire bullpen because that would take us hours. And it is such, it's a kind of a confusing bullpen at this point. Just kind of give me the seven, eight, nine guys, what you think is going to be at the start of the season. Who's going to be your seven, seventh inning guy, the eighth inning guy, and the ninth inning guy? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it looks like Rodas Viscaino, he's going to be in that mix somewhere. A.J. Minner, that's a guy I'm still really high on. Um, you know, it, the command's the the biggest question, and he's lower the walk some, but that, that applies to Viscaino as well. Uh, um, you know, Darren O'Day is a good, solid veteran that they got. You know, if he's healthy, I think he figures in there as well. Uh, but, you know, I'm really intrigued. It's going to be interesting to see that if, you know, if you take a guy, I think it's Mark Bowman, MLB.com, that always talks about Luis Gohara. Man, you know, if you put that guy in a bullpen row, could he be like Josh Hader, um, you know, on some in some levels? I think Max Freed could be that uh, a guy like that if there's not room for him in the rotation. Uh, another guy, Chad Sabaka. Uh, came up last year through strikes and 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 has got overpowering stuff. Right? There's a lot of options there. There's not a lot of big names though, you know. And I think that's what kind of gives a, everybody a little bit of pause about this about this bullpen. Uh, uh, but you know, I'll be shocked if uh, if this guy knows healthy if he's not the ninth inning guy to start. But I think this is the year Minner Minner takes that job and probably holds on to it unless the Braves go out and, you know, get an established closer like Craig Kimbrell or, you know, a Zach Britton or somebody, Uh, you know, I I think Minner can be that type of pitcher. Uh, So, you know, I'm looking for him to take a big step forward. Dave and I were completely convinced that Kimbrell was coming back. We were like, this makes too much sense for this team. Why would it not happen? Uh are they gonna? Do you think that they'll sign any other bullpen arms at this point? I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird situation in there. I think they're sitting back watching the market right now because there's so many good arms out there. I think they're looking for value at this point. I, I you know I was kind of convinced. I kind of thought Kimbrel might be a possibility until they started, you know. And then you start hearing he's looking for a six year, hundred million dollar deal. Uh, you know, that's just not going to line up with what the Braves want to do. I don't think is as, even as good a story, as feel good story as it would be for him to come back and pitch for a good Braves team. I'd love to see him there. Uh, but, you know, those demands are going to have to drop significantly before uh, before I think that's a match. Uh, but there's a lot of good guys out there and a lot of guys that are going to have probably end up having to take a lot less money than what they originally thought they would have to, you know. Uh, so the reliever market's kind of fascinating for me. And, uh, you know, it's one I've kind of been watching the whole offseason. But I, I think the Braves, I think they will add add some experience uh, to that pen. But I think it might be right at the end of, you know, the end of January, right before spring training starts. I think they may wait to the last minute to do it. Uh, any last words on this Braves team and what this team, what fans should expect from this team in 2019? 
I think it's going to be another exciting year. Uh, I think Josh Donaldson is a big signing. It, it's a little bit of a gamble. If it pays off, I think he can push the Braves to another level. Um, I'm excited to see all these young pitchers. I think if you really watch this team in 2018, the word exciting described them well. Uh, it was somebody different every night. Ronald, you know, we, we gushed about Ronald Acuna Jr. I feel like he's going to be one of the best players in the game. Ozzie Albies does something ridiculous every single night, it seems. Um, you know, it's just a fun team to watch. And if you, you know, if you suffered through the rebuild, the, you know, trading away all of the, good players, the all-star players, uh, you know, you deserve this. And, uh, you know, you need to sit back and enjoy it and not, not, you know, not worry about who they're going to trade, who they're not trading, who they're going to sign, who they're not going to sign. Just enjoy, you know, watching this team grow up uh, because I think that's what we're going to see for the next couple of years. Last thing, I want to talk about the division for a second. There was a division race the entire year practically until Philly did Philly things and fell apart. This, th- there's a difference between Philly and Atlanta. Atlanta has exciting prospects. There's a lot of energy in that field. And there there was like a genuine feeling all year that this Atlanta team was going to do something. Philly didn't have the same feeling, in my opinion. I don't know if that might be just me. But I feel like that Philly's team was overachieving most of the year. And then you have in that same division, you have the Mets. Who are the Mets? I mean, there's no other there's no other adjective to describe them. They're the Mets. Like, let's be real here. They're always going to fall apart. They're just, they're going to go to one World Series once every 20 years. They might win it. They might not. But, um, I mean, you have the Marlins in the same division, and it's uh, and then you have the Nationals who are about to be an absolute just dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting division. I mean, it's been an active division. It's like uh, the Braves winning, you know, put everybody else on notice. You know, you've seen the Nationals be aggressive. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Harper, but it doesn't look like he's going to be back there. The Mets have been, you know, they're, they're getting somebody, it seems like, every week. Uh, the Phillies were supposed to make a big splash. Haven't yet. Still, got the, still have the means to do so. Uh, you know, they're in the Machado race. Uh if, if Machado ends up somewhere else, you know, do they jump back in the Harper race? I kind of feel like at this point they have to do something. Um, but, you know, I kind of agree with you about Philly. Um, you know, it felt like they overachieved a little bit last year. You, you looked at their run differential. It was pretty much, um, you know, wasn't nowhere anywhere close to the Braves. Um, you know, and I think that goes back to the defense. I think they're going to be a better defensive club this year just because you're getting – Reese Hoskins out of the outfield. You've got a real shortstop now. Um, you know, so I think they they still have an opportunity to get better, but I think the NL East is going to be a it's going to be a competitive division if the Mets pitching staff is uh, is healthy. I know they're the Mets, and uh, you know I get the I get the you know all the punchlines and everything else, but man, that pitching staff can is scary. It is scary if they're all healthy, and that's always been the you know it seems like that's been the big ish, issue for them last few years but uh you know i kind of like some of the things they've done as well uh so you know i think this division deserves your attention you know i think it's going to be something to watch every night and there's and i'm still waiting to see what philadelphia is going to do because i think at this point they have to do something bold uh you know whether that's machado or harper but they've hyped it up and uh you know so i think there's they still have a big move left in them as well they have so much money they need to spend it at this point like you've hyped up your fans you've told your fans that you're going to do something this offseason and you failed to do so at this point you watch the you watch the nationals create their own three-headed monster by signing patrick corbin in their rotation 
And then, of course, the Mets have theirs, and you're still stuck with as much as I love Aaron Nola, and I think Aaron Nola is an, an ace. You can't win a division with just Jake Arrieta and Aaron Nola. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100. percent And uh, you know, and that's the uh, you know, but the, having Nola, you know, that's the one thing. You know, I think Braves fans hope Mike Fultonevich, you know, gets to that level, can become that level, or one of these other young guys can get to that level. They do have an ace. Uh, you know, I do believe in Nola is a top of the rotation arm. Everybody is strange. Everybody's definition of of top of the rotation arm seems to be different. But I, I really like Nola. Uh, but I, I've been a little surprised. I expected them to be the team, the Phillies to be the team that were just, uh, you know, really aggressive out of the gates and making moves. And it seems like the Nationals came out of nowhere with that Corbin, Corbin signing, and then the Mets have been all over the place. And then the Phillies, uh, you know. But I guess it, you know, and on the other hand, kind of makes sense because they're kind of waiting to see what Machado, what Harper's going to do, uh, you know, probably before they they really move on to something else big. All right, well, tell the people where they can find you and Talking Chop on all the social medias. Uh, you can uh, follow me at, at Chris Willis, uh, Chris underscore Willis, and that's Chris with a K on Twitter. Uh, Talking Chop's at Talking Chop. Uh, we're part of SB Nation's uh, baseball network, um, you know, talkingchop.com. We're on Facebook as well. Uh, you know, I just appreciate everyone, uh, the support we had. We had a huge 2018 uh, looking to – bigger things in 2019 and uh i really appreciate the opportunity uh to do this podcast i appreciate you having me on thank you so much no problem man you're you're welcome on anytime anytime you just want to talk baseball just shoot me a message and we can hop on and talk all right sounds good yes sir